Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead. Take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome everybody to season four, episode three of The Psychologists Are In. I'm Maggie Lawson. And I'm her podcast partner in crime, Timothy Elmitson. And this week we are talking about High Noon-ish. The episode where Lassiter enlists Sean and Gus to help uncover the truth at an Old West tourist attraction. Enjoy. Hi, Tim. Hey, Maggie. <laughs> How you doing? I'm really good. I'm really excited to talk about this episode. It's one of my favorites. You know what? I forgot that High Noonish was this episode. I always think of it as like this, the town western. I just forgot the name. So when it started, I was like, ugh. I'm so happy it's this episode. I haven't seen it in so long, but everybody is so good in it. The ward, I cannot wait to hear you talk about the wardrobe. The wardrobe is so great in it. Uh, you, you're, oh, well, we'll get into all of it, but your moments with Brolin and, oh, Kel Cahoon so gave me some, some beautiful, um, some beautiful, beautiful work. I'm um, beautiful scenery to, scenes to, uh, to I was going to say scenery to chew. I didn't chew too much in this one. That's a little later in the days, in the years. Kel wrote a, wrote me a hell of a, of a, of a role in this, in this episode. We're going to see a lot of, um, a lot more of Lassie's backstory. And maybe she had one single little, little Demi Moore tear right there. Yeah, I know. It's so sweet. It was like, ugh, we'll get to those scenes, but you're. And the boys are fantastic in it. We we have to say directed by the commander Mel Damsky. Yeah, Mel. Of course, this this is our, um, this was our Western episode. So Mel shot the shit out of this as, um, shot it like a Sergio Leone, Leone movie. So it's all kind of sepia tone. Mike McQuarrie was our uh, DP on this one. Did a beautiful job. So it was all kind of like there's sort of a brownish sepia tone, old timey Western look to it. Yeah. And the music. Yeah, How the great. Sepia- the whole episode. The, the music is so good. The whole episode. It's in my notes. Let's get to it because I got my professional notes over there. I have my professional notes too. But I just want to say, hey, hi. This is episode three of season four. Of the psychologists are in, and of Psych. A Psych Rewatch podcast. <laughs> the greatest Rewatch podcast of all times. All the Rewatch podcasts. Thanks to Maggie, 
Lawson, who came to me and said, hey, you want to do a Psychroach podcast? And again, I went, what is that? <laughs> and I said, and now, just, just follow me. And I went, yes, ma'am. Four seasons later, here we are. In fact, I think someone posted, I think Amber posted this. Do we just have our year anniversary of the podcast? Yes, we did. We had, I think, our year anniversary of the first episode. Yeah, or maybe it was the announcement. I'm not sure. But yeah, they've been so, uh, they were all over the the one-year anniversary. It was very sweet. Thank you, psychos. Thank you, besties. Thank you, all of you. We we love all the messages. It's so, it's so, it's honestly, it is going too fast. I did see some messages today from some people that were like, we agree it's going too fast. How do you, How can we slow it down? So maybe that's something we can kind of figure out too, like having some in-between episodes where maybe well, it's just Maggie and Tim shooting the shit. I like that. Little little I, special I special taggy episode. Yeah. Now that we've established that. Happy anniversary, my dear friend. Happy anniversary, Tim. This has been like the highlight of I, just reliving all of this with everyone, but especially obviously with you. Has it's just been beyond special, and I'm so glad that even though you were like, "Do what?" You just said yes, and we've been we're a year in, and because man, it's going too fast. Yeah, I've known to um, not question you many years ago. I learned that if Max comes up with an idea, it's probably it's probably going to be a pretty gosh darn good one. Yeah. So just just say yes. Just say yes. And thank goodness I did, because this, as you had, you said the word highlight. I was going to use the word highlight, because we're so simpatico. We were both going to use the word highlight. Highlight, exactly. This has been one of the highlights of post-psych years ever. Yeah, and also like a whole new thing we're doing. Like the whole podcast thing in general, it's just all very cool. And we love Cloud 10 and every uh, all the help, obviously, you, Devin. And I don't know. This just feels like I, – I don't know what made me go into just having a whole sentimental moment with this today. But um, Oh, I can – I'm, I'm going to hop on that train. Yeah. So to, to get to um, relive this show once a week the way we've been yeah. doing it and then really like track our friendship, the, uh, the taggy friendship growing has just been just – it fills my heart with such joy, and I yeah. love it so much. Like, I treasure these. Uh, this once a week, I get to see because I don't get to see you enough in real life anymore. I know, I know. We gotta, we gotta get make that happen more. But I'm gonna and drink. It, and some I just, Kentucky I texted you an hour ago and said, "Hey, post uh, like next week when we're both back in town." Yeah. Let's figure. Some, let's have a little Starbucks catch up. Let's. We are going to have a catch up, and uh, we're gonna have a coffee, and we are gonna keep making this amazing podcast. And including it. today. All right, let's go. Are you ready to podcast the shit out of it from your childhood home? I am. That feels weird, but I am oh, ready that. to podcast the shit out of it from my childhood home. This is so crazy. Literally where I grew up. We moved here when I was four. Is there still background noise that you're hearing and I'm not? No. Okay, because it, it might be it might be the ghost of John Candy that um that was in the star that was on your your, ups, your upstairs bedroom. John Candy? Wasn't that the story when John Candy died? The, yes. the star, yeah, so fell maybe from his, the ceiling, and yeah. we sque- we were we were like fourteen year olds, and we just squealed, and we literally wanted to channel. We we asked John Candy for a sign, and a star fell from the ceiling. See, I remember. I listened to the podcast. I remember. We actually asked for yeah, yeah. See, you were that's a really good memory. How crazy so, is that? Though? So apparently, not only did you channel him, John's still upstairs making oh, John's noise. Upstairs. 
for sure. There is a ghost for sure in this house. There always has been. We've had people stay in the house when we've not been here, and they will say, who is walking around upstairs? John Candy. It's John Candy. Well, there if you can have a ghost. The floor that sound like footsteps, and it freaks anyone out who's like living here, and yeah. If you're going to have a ghost, you want it to be somebody amazingly talented and funny like John and Candy. And funny. Should we go? Should we high noonish? Well, let's go, let's high noon the hell out of it. All right, let's high noon the hell out of it. Ready? Okay. This was uh, High Noonish, directed by Mel Damsky, written by Commander Cal Dembski. Cahoon. We love both of them so much. First, pineapple sighting. Tim? Uh, nope, didn't catch it. Didn't either. Here it is. In Henry's kitchen, there is a ceramic pineapple on the kitchen counter next to the sink, and there is a wooden pineapple on the fireplace mantle. I miss both of those. Okay, cold open. Flashback to 1989, Henry asks young Sean why there's a giant hole in his yard, and Sean explains that it's his grave. Gus made him dig it in a game of Just Cowboys because playing uh, Indians is offensive. Thank you, Devin. I loved, I loved that they put that in there. So this was what? We, this, was, uh, this episode took place in 1986? I, no, 87? Nine. 1989. Mm-hmm. So I love that they were, um, even back then, the boys were um, progressive enough to um, realize the alternative to just cowboys is offensive to people who are not just cowboys. Correct. I love it too. Okay, Henry tells Sean he has a game for him to play next called Fill the Giant Hole You Dug Up in My Yard or Else. I love that that gets its own thing. Okay, flash forward to present day. Lassiter drives Sean and Gus to a little town called Old Sonora. They visit Sheriff Hank Mendel, an old friend of Lassie's, who enlists their services to uncover the truth about the strange occurrences in his town. First off, uh, your uh, affection for this town is so sweet off the bat. And for uh, James, for, for Hank, who is played by the, I mean, like the untouchable uh, James Brolin. He's so good. James um, freaking Brolin, how I want to be when uh, I get older. Yeah, exactly. He, he was wonderful. You guys were so good together. Um, Sheriff Hank reveals an amazing nugget of information, which is Lassie's old nickname. Uh, show first, Binky. Binky. Which so, I got to say, when, um, when Lassie gets out of the car for the boys thinking he's going to drive them out to kill them and then leave them in a ditch somewhere. Yeah. But Lassie gets out of the car. There's so much more salt in that pepper of a uh, buzz cut. It's like, wow, it really comes out when the hair is shorter. It was, it's so cute. I noticed uh, some hair, I, I, even more so in this episode than other episodes, some hair differences that I brought up as well. So the chief's hair is darker and my hair is lighter. You have a little more salt. And we all know which way that went. <laughs> Look, your hair is so good, Tim. All right, Hank explains to them that wooden fence posts around town have been stolen. Someone has poisoned the water and there's a stench in the air that Gus attributes to cat urine. We got a shout out. So Binky was named for Mark Binky, who was one of our USA executives. I can't remember his exact title. It's basically Mark Binky was the man in charge of the purse strings for USA. So if we needed anything done, big big money wise, Mark had to approve it. So yeah. we, get, we, should, we paid him homage by naming Lasters. Childhood nickname is Binky. So that's I from love Mark hearing Binky. names of our executives and people show up. It was I and I, I. He was great. He was with us all the way, all the way through. Yeah, Mark, Mark was. Uh, Mark was hardcore. Yeah, hardcore psych. Okay, so as Hank shows them around the town, he he stops, draws his weapon, and shoots a man named Stinky Pete Dillingham. 
Only then do they realize that Old Sonora is not a real town. It's um, an Old West tourist attraction. Massive psych degree of separation here. Stinky Pete is played by my dear friend, the glorious Jim Beaver. Ugh. Who Jim and I met on another Western I did called Deadwood. Jim's a glorious, glorious actor and a dear, dear friend. And, uh, and then as life has it, he also ended up being on, on Supernatural. So Jim and I have spent many, many, many weekends together doing Supernatural conventions. He's, he's just one of the sweetest men. He is lovely. He is absolutely, he's so lovely. Um, anyway, and, and we love him and he's so good. He's such a talented actor. Okay, one more shout out to Jim. So today is November 10th, which means tomorrow's November 11th, if my math is correct, which is Veterans Day. <laughs> I have Jim no idea. Jim yes. is a Marine Corps veteran from Vietnam. So Jim, happy Veterans Day to you, know sir. That. Yeah, Jim's Jim's a Vietnam <gasps> Marine vet. Thank you for your service, Jim Beaver. Wow, I didn't know that. Thank you for sharing that. So Jim and I really got to be friends because we were shooting Deadwood. Here's a little insider insight: with if you ever watched the show Deadwood, one of the greatest American television programs, other than Psych, the greatest American drama, I should say. <laughs> so um, the scripts on that show, because David Milch, genius, mad genius that he is. We used to really take his time in delivering scripts or delivering storylines. So I was doing the pilot, spoiler alert, before poor dead Brom shows and hits his demise. And Jim and I really only had one scene together. But uh, we, were, we were out in the middle of nowhere woods. And because it took so long, we were really delayed in shooting this day. So Jim and I were basically stuck in the woods together doing the scene, just sat in our cast chairs and just shot the shit for an entire night, night, night shoot. And how I, I got to be this. dear friends with this man. I love that. And yeah, now you're dear friends. Look at that. Look at that. Boom. I love it. I love that. With Masterclass, you can learn from the world's best minds. Anytime, anywhere, and at your own pace. You can learn the art of negotiation with Chris Voss or, or songwriting with John Legend or relational intelligence with Esther Perel. Honestly, name it. It's, it's, they have so many. With 180 classes from a range of world-class instructors, that thing you've always wanted to do is closer than you think. Masterclass is accessible on your phone, web, or smart TV, offering classes on a wide variety of topics, all taught by world-class instructors at the top of their fields. Each class is broken out into individual video lessons, usually around 10 minutes long. Members can explore at their own pace, and each class is supported by downloadable materials, class guides, recipes, or more. I am all, like all over the place. I want to take all of these classes. Um, the one, one of the ones I really, really loved was Annie Leibovitz on photography. I feel like I learned so much just about light and shooting. It was really, uh, it was really informative. It was really beautiful. There's something about their classes. They're very easy to follow, very easy to watch. It's so well done and so well edited and. Anyway, I'm a I'm a huge fan, and I highly recommend. I learned so much, and I've I've watched others too. Some cooking, um, learn how to write anything from a book or screenplay to just a letter. Learn how to communicate with your boss or your family. Learn how to make a dinner worthy of a Michelin star, or just how to make really good scrambled eggs. I did that. I learned how to make really good scrambled eggs. Whatever you're interested in, there is a class for you. Over 180 exclusive classes taught by the instructors you know and love. I highly recommend you check it out. This holiday, give one annual membership and get one free. 
Did you hear that? Go to masterclass.com slash pineapple today. That's masterclass.com slash pineapple. Terms apply. Lasseter explains that Old Sonora was originally a historic mining town and that he spent most of his weekends there as a child, so he would not let vandals shut the place down. Lastly, mentions this case is out of his jurisdiction, so he can't physically help, but that's where Sean and Gus come in. Lastly, drops them off with some sleeping gear, and they spend the night with good old Sheriff Hank. While the guys roast some beans over a fire, Hank tells them about the legend of the Ghost Rider, a spirit <laughs> that supposedly It becomes such like old, old, funny, so old-timey... Campfire ghost stories. Oh, it's so good. All of this is, I had a funny thing that I I noticed in this where he says that Lassie's dad wasn't around much, which is really interesting because, you know, because Joel McHale, who I just saw, um, plays your dad in the psych movies. Psych movie, uh, the second one, yeah, in a in a flashback, right? So we right, actually which, and see we, that when we find out Lassie's dad died kind of youngish. Yeah, he died kind of young. So massive heart attack. And so it's interesting because I felt like in this episode we like touch on the fact that his dad wasn't around, but we don't actually know why until the psych the movie too. Several <laughs> years and seasons later, when we Several find out why years. he wasn't around. Yeah, and in fact, it kind of just feels like oh, Lassie's dad wasn't around. But anyway, and then I was like, oh, interesting. This is an interesting story point because we didn't actually come back full circle with this until until the movie. Anyway. And this is my more. So, so basically, Lasseter was a latchkey kid. Basically, he didn't have uh, a papa around. And his mom around. worked during the day. So Lasseter would get home from school, assume, get himself home, get inside by making himself a grilled cheese sandwich or whatever, TV dinner and watch some Brady Bunch. Yeah. What is a Brady Bunch? <laughs> and then on weekends, his mom would take him to Old Sonora where Frank be- Hank became his father figure. I mean, this is so sweet. All of this was like, well, I kept thinking about how much like in heaven Lassiter and Tim were during this episode with this, like all the Old West, just because you guys are, because you're, this is something you guys definitely have in common. Tim Tim and Lassie, Tassie. Absolutely. The... um. The what do we the psychic premonition here? Where we shot this scene? I mean, where we shot this was Jamestown, right? Is that what we called it? Yes. Yep. So Jamestown is an old western town built up near Vancouver, where all the bunch of tons of old western stuff shoots there. Yeah. So, which was a definite uh, psychic premonition to um, where my family and I would spend virtually every Thanksgiving since 2011 at the White Stein Ranch in Tucson, Arizona. Shout out to my friends at the White Stein Ranch, which is a dude ranch. Yeah. So we'd go. We'd go for a week, and I'd play cowboy all week. There's, like, there's like, there's places. a windmill. There's stables. Yep. So we're roasting the things. There's a ghost rider. Hank then goes to check on what spooked the horses. As Sean and Gus conclude that most likely age and weather are what is killing the town. As they go back to find Hank, they stumble across a dead body on the trail. <laughs> Sean and Gus run away in fear, calling for Hank's help, only to find no Hank, no horses, and two fence posts missing. They so then, he might have been. Yeah. Murdered. There it is. I, we don't. I. There it is. I was. We don't that. know yet, but I'm just saying he we might have been. He might have been. It's they a then, possible 
Murder. Yes. Yes, go ahead. Sorry. They then turned towards a sound of thunder to see a stampede of horses headed straight for them. Hank shoves them out of the way, but is injured in the process. He refuses to go to the hospital, so Henry helps him with his wound by stitching it up and giving him some liquid courage. Sean then decides to take over sheriff duties to make sure the town stays open. This gets One of my favorite lines is coming up. Okay, I, I think so maybe I, I think I, I think it's after the shootout, and <laughs> says and Dulay says uh, Gus says, uh, "Let me wear the spurs." And I think the reply is, "How about the sheriff wears the spurs?" And yeah. Dulay's line of "Kiss my blacksmith ass." <laughs> oh, that's what I wrote, literally wrote that down. It was so good. That one they, made me LOL, as the kids say. There were a couple of uh, moments and comments too in the in when they were talking about a certain time and Dulé's like I we have I have very different memories of that time. Yeah, my <laughs> people have very different memories. My of, people have of, very of different memories of that time. Um, back at the police station, Jul- Juliet and Lassie have identified the dead man as Frank McBain. Yes. Okay, so um, show first. O'Hara is in a basic white blouse. Yeah. And I wrote not that just down. that, and a pinstripe pantsuit. Yeah. So basically, you've started dressing like Lassiter. I was like, whoa, look how sharp. I wrote down, I literally said, sharp wardrobe, season four, more blonde, chief, and you're, less you're blonde. Hot, your, hair is, your hair is back too, so your hair is a little tighter. Yeah. And then we go into like the conference room and we start talking with about McBain and all this stuff. And I kept getting like Yellowstone vibes because I'm like, oh, they're talking about of very similar plot lines that were on Yellowstone. I'm like, look at us. We were giving Yellowstone uh, ideas for their show long before Yellowstone. So now we do realize, we've established that McBain was murdered. Correct. (laughs) Correct. I feel like we're uh, making up for a lot of missing murders in previous episodes. I got more in my my pocket if we need it. I'm sure you do. A millionaire (laughs) businessman who recently bought all the land around Old Sonora to, oh, this is McBain, right, of a new planned toll road in the area. Or so they thought. I love how um, Lasseter is so hepped up here that um, he tells O'Hara they're going to bend the rules a little bit out of his jurisdiction. Yeah. Which is almost like Lasseter's breaking the laws. Oh, no, you didn't. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I did. No, you didn't. Oh my oh, God! Yeah, you Lassiter know I did. <laughs> breaking the laws. Breaking d- Lassie. Breaking the laws. I love it. Oh my God! Steve I love Franks, it. you can write that one down. That's a freebie. I give that one to you for free, oh, Franks. I love it so much. Okay, McBain actually bought the land to make a free park. Oh, this is funny. A free park named after a young child who died of leukemia. Oh, so we're now at um, we're at McBain's office. Yeah. And that um. Hang on, that little girl's name was Ashley Barrett. And you're Ashley Barrett. She was so brave. Made so me laugh brave. out loud. So She was so, so brave. brave. Chief Vic informs Lassiette that the main suspect of the case is now Sheriff Hank. Oh, no. Devastation. And almost, hang on, we missed a, another psych separation. What? Who? That'd be Sheriff Becker. The the other county, oh. the county sheriff comes in. Yeah. Who's played by Brent Sexton. Yeah. Amazing actor who I also met on a little show called Deadwood. One of the greatest American dramas ever ever made. It's oh, on HBO. You all so can good. get it. If you They're haven't seen it, you've got to you've got you to check out some Deadwood. So the greatest actors currently working. I'm one of them. I'm not saying one of them the greatest on the show, but you got me, your friend Timmy Oliphant. I love Tim so, Oliphant. Love Tim Oliphant. Uh, disclaimer though, there is some language that um, 
a teamster once said, would make him blush. So the language in Deadwood is a little harsh. It's not, it's not a family show by any means. No, no. But if you like the old-timey westerning, it's pretty gosh darn glorious. It's, it's a wonderful show. But we missed something. Sorry, because I'm really excited about this. You and I, when we solved the case, when we figured out and solved the case, and we did the, the very aggressive high five. Oh, and I'm like, ow. One of my favorite high fives we have. Right. It was one of the, it was certainly one of the most satisfying we ever get. You can hear it. You can hear how satisfying it was. Yeah, because we, to, we sometimes don't. We miss a lot. We, we miss a lot. We miss a lot. But this one was full on awesome smack. Like you heard this one across the border. Yep. Yep. It you was heard, good. You heard this, this high five in Bellingham. But prior to that, us <laughs> building up to the high five, uh-huh. our rat-a-tat-tat, our back and forth is so press and surges. And I remember us. I think we talked about like just the screwball comedy aspect of this dialogue and how we yeah. can make it as fast as possible, which then followed through into that um, into that aggressive high five. All right. So now more than ever, Lasseter needs Sean and Gus's help to uncover who in the town is the potential murderer. There we go. It's even written. Devin wrote all the R's. They interview the town madam, Miss Annie, who confesses she and Hank used to be lovers. Then Tripsy, the or as deputy Sean would sheriff. Say, Lovers in the nighttime. Lovers in the nighttime. Who says he loves Hank like a brother. Sean and Gus then hear a sound of splitting wood. But I just have to acknowledge and honor James's commitment to the Old West Sheriff and Dulé as well. They're, from their wardrobe to their mannerisms to like, it is so much fun to watch. James's accent is so good. <laughs> <laughs> the scene where Lasseter was really pissed off and then comes in the room where they're sitting there and Dulé's playing playing harmonica. Oh, and I, I wrote that down. Like, is he really playing? I would say no. Okay. I, I don't think he is either. But you really play. I do really play. Yeah. So I don't know. And, and Dulé's so musical. I'll ask him. I don't know for sure. I'm guaranteeing that's going to be one of the fan questions. But I'm thinking okay. that's a no. But um, mm-hmm. when I slap mm-hmm. James's... Uh, Boots off the table. Yeah, so good. That was um, that was a little something that Timmy did to make himself laugh. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a lot of first person. Sorry, it's almost <laughs> like I was talking about the royal we. Right, of course. Well, speaking of the royal we's, a little more narcissism cup. Oh, I love your narcissism cups. Hey, that's that's the season four hair right there. Oh yes, it is. It actually is. Boy, and look at those ears popping out. Season four, season four cup. Okay. Yeah, he's all, uh, one of my favorite lunches. Boys all hepped up on cactus juice. Yeah. yeah, his accent, he was so funny. And of course, James is a Texan, so. Exactly. It, he went right into it and owned it, and it was great. I was blushing in real life and as Juliet. Okay, Sean and Gus then hear a sound of splitting wood and run to find another post missing with the ghostwriter somehow disappearing into the facade of the livery stable. Well done. Then the classic shot of the building falling on Sean and Gus commences. One of my favorite shots. Ev- on the show ever. On the show. Ever. Which and people go, oh, that was so, I wonder how they did that. So cool. That is, that's a classic silent movie comedy gag. Completely. I think it's Harold Lloyd. Who? The great comedic actor. I think Harold Lloyd. Oh, really? The great really? silent movie. Com- yeah, and Harold Lloyd was famous for doing his own stunts. Oh, like, my God. Crazy, like stuff that. Like everyone thinks Tom Cruise is crazy for doing his old stunt, his own stunts. The stuff that Harold Lloyd did, unbelievable for for his day with like no safety equipment at all. I've heard this. I know. And this. Actually, blew yeah. his hand off. 
He so blew for, his hand off? He blew his he blew several fingers of one of his hands off <laughs> doing a stunt. So um <laughs> one of the props guys made him a glove, like made him a, a, a prosthetic hand in a glove. So later in his career this is called film history with Tim and Maggie, everybody. <laughs> I love this. I Later love in his Tim's career, tidbits. he he wore a he wore a glove with a fake hand in it. Interesting. That's what happens when you do your own stunts. <laughs> so I guess the lesson there is don't do your own stunts, kids. <laughs> don't do your own stunts, kids. Your hair is unique, so your hair care should be too. Function of Beauty makes products that are 100% customizable with ingredients designed and formulated to meet your specific goals. Function of Beauty is the world's first fully customizable hair care that creates individually filled shampoos, conditioners, styling, and treatment formulas based on your hair type, like your personal hair type. It's so cool. Founded by a team of engineers and cosmetic scientists, each Function of Beauty product is individually designed to be as unique as you are. Function of Beauty offers over 54 trillion possible formulations. Each one is vegan and cruelty-free with no sulfates or parabens. You can also get silicone-free. It's free of so many bad things, you guys. It's so good. Here's how it works. First, take your hair quiz designed to build your hair profile and select up to five hair goals. Does your hair get frizzy in the winter, but oily in the summer? Function formulations can be updated as often as you need to keep your hair on track. Next, choose your color and fragrance or go dye or fragrance free. Honestly, there's so many options. It's just, it's like tailored to your hair your actual hair. Then get your freshly filled formula delivered straight to your door and prepare for good hair days ahead. They even offer discounts and benefits when you subscribe. Highly recommend that, by the way. Start giving your hair the personalized care it needs. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash pineapple to take your hair goals quiz and you'll save 20% on your first order when you subscribe. No commitments and you can cancel anytime. Go to functionofbeauty.com slash pineapple to let them know you heard about it from our show and get 20% off your first order. That's functionofbeauty.com slash pineapple to take your hair quiz and save 20% off on your first order. Okay, wait, I have to call out one bit that I thought was so good um, that we're way far behind now, or that we're way past now, I mean, is uh, Sean getting on the horse to go 10 feet. Yeah, which really feels like a sweat out of blazing saddles. It's so good. Sean thinks someone else wants Hank's land because the vandalism did not stop after McBain died. Someone couldn't outbid McBain, so maybe he killed off the competition. Chief Vic gets the verdict back on McBain's cause of death. So you mean he... um murder oh boy the competition <laughs> oh dear question mark <laughs> we're hitting our quota for all of season four <laughs> in one episode all right chief gets the verdict back on mcbain's cause of death and it's revealed he was shot with a hundred year old bullet belonging to an original 1873 cult peacemaker, peacemaker. just like the one hank has oh Lassiter is then forced to arrest Hank, but Sean and Gus are determined to prove his innocence. Oh, the sorry, scene, let me go back. The um, the yeah. scene in the SBPD where we're all in, in Vic's office talk about the. This is where I really noticed the sideburns are really starting to go. But the, the sideburns are starting to match the hair with going gray. I think after this episode is when they started. I can't remember the season four makeup artist name, but he started painting in my sideburns. Like, oh, really? Wh- yeah, that's after this episode. I think is when they started darkening my my, my burns a little bit. Because you're going That's so gray. So gray. And so now, gray and now so look fast. what happens. Now, I own, now you just own it. Because it looks so good. 
<laughs> Thank you, my friend. The scene you have with Hank. Oh, the arrest scene was. Um, oh, and you're so quiet and you're so heartbroken. Uh, so good, Tim. I thanks, like, Maggie. Oh. It, this was um, a pretty oh. special scene to shoot. Um, back at the station where where uh, Delay is coughing and they say it's a consumption. <laughs> he got to consumption. I got. It made me laugh so hard. I watched it several times. And All wardrobe right. note, your, your white blouse has now been switched out for a sepia tone blouse. Yeah. And I'm, it's very, I've, I've sharpened it up. Less colorful. Yeah, and this suit is um, even more um, stripy and sharp. Yeah. But also, like very, it it's just very fitting. Yeah, I was like, oh, okay, okay. Sean and Gus go back to where the ghostwriter disappeared and then tumble into an old mine shaft. This is funny. That uh, seems to be back in use. Someone has been mining gold under the town. The stolen wood is being used to prop up the shaft, and the sinkholes and stench are byproducts of the mining process. Sean realizes the culprit is Stinky Pete, who arrives Stinky through what turns out to be fake rocks at the entrance and shuts uh, and shuts them inside the mine. Back at the town, Lassiter apologizes to a newly released Hank whose gun uh, only shoots blanks. Anyway, that was Jim Beaver. Jim Beaver was showing up before. But Hank tells him that the guns were a pair and he knows just who has the other one. Back in the mine, Sean spots a way out and he and Gus dig themselves out to find Lassiter and Pete in the street poised for the daily shootout only this time, it's for real. This was so cool. Yeah, this is, so have um, you and I arrived at Old Sonora now? Yeah, we're there. Right, so this, this is the shootout, right? Yeah, we're at the shootout. We're at the Stinky Pete and... Oh, sorry, I'm uh, going to go back one second. So yeah. the, the first time we see the shootout between Hank and um, Stinky Pete... The very beginning. Mm-hmm. The very, again, sorry, because we jumped forward my professional notes. The glee on Lasseter's face <laughs> when um, I think James says he just really shot that man, and Lasseter's like, "Yeah, wasn't it great?" Like he's just so he's such a, he he's back to that five year old little kid who used to hang out there. Yeah, he's immediately back where he spent all his time, and Hank's like a father to him, and like, oh, it's just so sweet. It's so sweet. That happens to us. Look at me. Here I am. I'm back in my childhood home, and I'm acting like a little kid again. So we're in the shootout now. Yes. Yes, we're at the shootout. Where Lassiter goes to arrest Stinky Pete. Stinky Pete refuses to go quietly, and he and Lassie both draw for an epic shootout. Which I gotta say, the way I love, love, love how Mo shot this. It yeah. is, it's the good man there. It's all the tight, tight on the eyes shot. It's so good. Where I realized, really realized, oh, I needed some eyebrow plucking in that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but, look, anytime it's that close. So where Lassiter has been wanting, because he's been watching the shootout happen his entire, his entire childhood. So for him to get to do it, and now, and then for me, Tim, my name's Tim Amundsen, for me to actually <laughs> you, get you to- You, Tim Amundsen. I'm Tim Amundsen, to get to do a shootout like this. This was all my cowboy fantasies coming out, just oh. like it was for Lasseter. Yeah. I've got a picture of Jim and I from this scene. And oh. every year on his birthday, I always, on because on, he's on the Facebook and all, yeah. Send him a message saying, um, sorry, sorry, I, I pretend killed you that day on the show. <laughs> That's really funny. And but really, so now when uh, Jim listens to this episode, which by the way, we tried to get Jim for the episode, but he's uh, um, busy trying, because he loved the show. We had such a great time on it. And so he said that he would be more than happy to come on, but um, he's busy, really, he's traveling the world 
doing conven- supernatural conventions, so he couldn't come play with us. He's a busy guy, and we love him so much, but he was definitely trying to work it out for us. So thank you, Jim. Okay, Stinky Pete refuses to go quietly, and he and Lassie both draw for an epic shootout, but Lassiter is quicker, because of course he is, shooting Stinky Pete and claiming victory. Stinky Pete goes down, and Hank is now set, uh, set for life with his newfound haul of gold and lady friend. You're so Which cute. not only did Mel shoot this like Sergio, Sergio Leone, as you said before, the music is very um, spaghetti western. Yeah, it's so, like, the music. There, there's is that same so sort of horn good. playing. Yeah, it's it's really 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 good. Um, Tim, that's our episode. As we're getting into season four in these episodes, I just keep getting. We're all so in by this point. There's like an ease. There's like a confidence. And I kind of forgot that when I saw that High Noonish was on the schedule and like we were going back to watch it, I forgot that's what this one was. And you're so sweet in it. And all I could think about was like, oh, this is real. Yeah, this one was pretty real. And there's also, to go back earlier, a beat I missed in my professional notes. There's a new, just like in this season, our relationship is starting to really develop and change slightly. Yeah. There, there's foreshadowing of the the change in the relationship between Lassiter and and Sean, where when he first brings him out to um, Old Sonora and re- asks them for their help, and he says, "You can count on us." And Lassiter replies, "I know I could." Yeah. It's like, oh, that's that's a different Lassiter. I so, thought that is, too. I wrote that line down. I forgot to mention it earlier. There is such a sweetness between you guys. I love that when they're first driving out, though, that they're like, "Oh my god." He's going to kill us. Like, he's going to kill us. He's not talked. He's like, <laughs> um, at the very beginning of the episode when you're driving them. But but no, you just actually really want their help. There's also a moment in the office in that scene, the consumption scene, where uh, Gus got James the consumption. W- winks at me. <laughs> That's what? Be laugh Gus got the consumption. Gus got the consumption. And, and, and James looks, or Sean looks at Juliet, and she's just like totally blushing at his, at his like cowboy way, his like little wink and like, oh, it's very, very, very cute. Oh, I, I love that. that we always find those moments. Like, I love that we have these episodes, we have the case, we have, we're psyched, we have all the isms, but then we never, I feel like we don't ever miss an opportunity to find if there is a moment or some, some relationship thing that we can like wink to, we always do. And yeah, if there's episode, something to it. build character, we always find yeah. a way to, to highlight yeah. it. Yeah. Look at us. Look at us. Look at us having a serious talk about this season. Okay. We're actually Fan like, questions. We, we were kind of good in this, on this we're, show. We're pretty good. All right. Fan questions. Where was old Sonora shot? We kind of mentioned this. Jamestown. Jamestown, which is where we shot. That was the, the chalet scene. For those of you who've seen, that's a lot of scenes. Sorry. Psych three. <laughs> this is Gus. We all go, got to go back to, to old Jamestown and. I think I sent us all on the psych family thread, text thread, the pictures of us sitting on one of the uh, porches. Yeah. Which I will we'll have to put on the, uh, the the Patreon. Yeah, we'll put on the Tron. We'll put on the Tron. Who would you want to be in a Western film? Well, I want to be one of the cowboys. I know that's not generally, like I want like to do like an Annie Get Your Gun kind of thing. I will allow it. <laughs> or we could do Oklahoma. Oklahoma. What? What would? You, well, Tim, what would you want to be in a Western film? Well, you know, I'd want to be the sheriff. Of course, you'd be sher- sheriff. Sheriff, what? Tim. Tim. Uh, Tim A. You'd just be Sheriff Tim. I guess you're Sheriff Tim. I was just say, what? What? What would you want your Western name to be? 
Well, at the ranch, we all kind of had sort of nicknames for each other. And so my, I had two nicknames. I was um, either Slim or uh, Hollywood. Oh, those are both perfect. So what would, uh, what would mine be? The marvelous Maggie. No, that's Mrs. Maisel. Hold on. The majestic, the, the, the. Well, you'd be Miss Maggie. Just, I'm just Miss Maggie. That's right. I'm just Miss Maggie. Or Miss Magdala. Miss Maggles. Miss Miss Maggles. I like Miss Maggles. And role, what role would you want to play? Oh, we just, we just kind of said that. We would want to play, I would want to play, I'd, I'd want to be like one of the main cowboys i'd want to be the one where they were like man he's a great shot and then i take my hat off and i'm like he's a she a little bit of um quick and the dead yeah the quick and the dead where sharon stone is the badass gunslinger yes please i love that idea actually sorry somewhere on external hard drive i gotta find adina took some amazing pictures of me on this shot yeah underneath that that uh that windmill there was sort of a corral and I think there was a lasso sitting around, which actually at the oh. ranch, at White Stallion Ranch, they had they have a lasso set up. So I learned how to actually rope a calf. You did? Yeah, I do. I actually have I have my lasso in of all the strange things. Lassie has office. his lasso. Come on, lasso. Every time with, I hear, with, I, every time I think lasso, I think of lasso. I think of it's a wonderful life. When he says, "Oh, you want me to? You want me to lasso the? You want me to lasso, you lasso before you marry? Yes, I will." Oh, yeah. And then, and then he brings, he, she has it in her house when Donna Reed has it in her house when, okay. Um, yeah. Okay. So Tim, were you excited to take the lead on this episode? I was incredibly excited to take the lead. Thank you, Cal Cahoon. And how excited were you to do a shootout scene? Come on. I was as excited as little Lassie would be. Oh. And speaking of little Lassie, there's a scene where when uh, Hank is packing up his stuff, uh-huh. he pulls out a photo of. Of him and young Lasseter. Yeah. And he's it's, all, his beard's all darkened up. And that is, that is a five-year-old little Timmy in that picture. That is the sweetest thing. Oh. With my big old little curl. That is the sweetest thing. Oh, one thing I want to say about the shootout scene too was like, I'm so happy Mel directed this episode because at this point, Mel was basically like our rotating, like producing director and he just knew us so well. So, and he knew how much that, how special that would be to you. So I was like, I, I, I thought about that. I was like, what a perfect thing because he would give Tim like time to just get into it and own it and take his time with it and have fun with it because it'd be one of his favorite scenes of all time. Even the point of like, where you know the old the old yarn and the the westerns where the cowboy like or cowgirl yeah uh, flips the um, the jack to the side and uh, unlatches oh. unlatches the hammer from so cool which and there's a shot of, of Jim Beaver he unlatches the hammer from the the hold the holster holder and then w- when last week gets to open up his jacket and he and I unsnap the uh, the shoulder holster though it's all it was all a bit you know that's not written I don't think no. But it was all just like how he built it was beautifully done. Ah, oh, love, love. Okay, when riding a horse on TV, oh, do you have rehearsals before the tapings? And how extensive are they? This is funny. I'm actually in horseback riding lessons currently because I want to look like I know what I'm doing on a horse. Well, I, I love horses as it is, but like I also have had that thought of like, I was like, I want to know how to, I just want to know how to be on a horse. And I don't think we necessarily have... I don't think we do rehearsals. Um, 
I don't think we do rehearsals with the horses, right? I did on Gallivant, yeah. I would imagine like if we had extensive horse use, we would definitely get on them for a minute before just to like get to know, you know, horses like you got to get to know them a little bit and they have to get to know you. Just like like your acting partner. So, so for Gallivant, for example, Tim, like what, like, did you have a, like your horse or was it like, yeah, I did. Was it multicast? I know I had, I had a, well, I had two horses in England. We, I had a horse named Prince and when we, we, we finished the series in Morocco and they couldn't bring Prince with them. So they got, they got sort of a horse double, this Mm. incredible Frisian stallion who was, um, very, very, very hard to ride. Oh, oh, interesting. But you, and, you all got along. But I, Prince and I, I mean, well, Prince's double and I got along. But um, yeah, I was, because I love horses so much, whenever I'm on a show with horses, I was like, hey, can I, can we, can I come practice, quote unquote, meaning I just want to, I just want to go ride. Of course, and actually, because on, you want to get when to when we shot them. this episode, I, I talked to Wrangland to let me just take a little uh, trail ride. Good. I think that's good. I think, I, I think that's important. They're. They're animals. They feel our energy too. And I think now, it's the just very good first um, time I was ever on a horse, little tangent, just because people say we, we go, these go too fast, was a, a show called uh, Legacy about a Kentucky horse farm, which right up in uh, I remember Maggie's, Legacy. Uh, and I had never ridden before. I mean, I no, I'd ridden as a kid a little bit, but not like at the level I needed to ride on this. So they, um, I said to the Wranglers, like, hey, I, I want to, can I get in some, some practice time? So we went out and there was actually one, we had a weekend off. So they invited me out to their farm and we just got on these horses and went and played hide and seek through Aww, the woods, which was so fun. freaking fun. That's amazing. But there's this, the, the first scene where I'm like, I'm galloping across this field and I do not know how to ride at the time. Uh-huh. So at the very end of the shot, you see me just reaching as fast as I can for this, for the saddle horn before I, I go on pass over tea kettle. Oh my God. Really? That's amazing. But then um, before Gallivant is when I started going to, right after the show, after Psych, I started going to White Stallion. So I really, like, that's where I really learned how to ride, just in time for Gallivant. Wow. It's like you so, knew. So my friends, again, I'm really plugging White Stallion Ranch because it's the finest guest ranch right. out there in the West. Anyway, that was another great episode. And, and it's so good to see your face and we get to do another one tomorrow, which is great. And um, I'm so excited. I, I, I get to see it. two days in a row. I know. This, this is, is how, the best ever. How, this is why I love doing this podcast so much because I get to see <sighs> you. And hopefully next week when we're both back in town, we get to see each other in, in person. person. I know. And we are going to, and yeah, we Peaky have all promise. kinds of fun things. Pinky. Wait, Done. there we go. Done. Done. Pinky, Pinky swore. Pinky sweared. Pinky sweared. Um, anyway, you know, thank Maggie, you all. What? I think we really podcasted the shit out of this one. We really podcasted the shit out of this one. There's no. There's we no. came hard and with Tim, the first taggy episode. Also, I'm in Kentucky, so I'm going to go drink some Kentucky magic water on your behalf. Oh, please do. I will. Delightful. That was such a fun and nostalgic episode, especially for Tim. Love it. As always, thank you again for listening to The Psychologist Are In. Don't forget to follow us on our Instagram at The Psychologist Are In and our Twitter at Psychologist Pod. And check out our Patreon for full videos of the episodes and more at patreon.com slash psychologistsarein. We will see you next week where we talk about season four, episode four, The Devil is in the Details and the Upstairs Bedroom. (laughs) 
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.